us be attentive. Brethren, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If, prop if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, he who teaches in his teaching, he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who contributes in liberality, he who gives aid with seal, he who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be genuine, hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Never flag in zeal. Be aglow with the Spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in your hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse to say, Rise and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He then said to the paralytic, Rise, take up your bed and go home. And he arose, and he went home. When the crowd saw it, they were afraid, and they glorified God, who had given such authority. who proclaims the gospel.
In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is in our midst. In many ways, Christianity is a very hard faith. It's not because it's hard to understand, but that it requires from us a behavior and a response which often appears illogical and sometimes even against our own better, our own best interest. It seems to be going against the grain. Consider, for example, today's Apostolos reading. The Apostolos this morning was from St. Paul's epistle or letter to the Romans. And just listen to this. What type of chord does this strike with you? Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Never flag in zeal. Be aglow with the Spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in your hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Practice hospitality. Okay, so far it's good. But it's the last sentence that really sends the message home. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. The reality is this, that the gospel message and the epistles are thoroughly consistent and logical, but it's hard because it starts from a different premise, an assumption than the world endorses. The Lord spoke to the people through Isaiah and he said these words, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. The problem we have is that God is infinite, and we're finite. How does a finite, fixed, circumscribed mind possibly communicate with God who's infinite? You know, there's not much commonality between us. And yet there's a great deal of commonality because of Jesus Christ. St. Paul has written many beautiful passages. And in his letter to the Galatians, he describes the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You're familiar with those. And the last gift that he enumerates is the gift of self-control. Sadly, too often we act not by self-control, but by autopilot. 
If a mosquito bites us, we slap. If we're itchy, we scratch. And what do we do if we're offended? Today, St. Paul writes about the worst case scenario. He talks about deliberate, willfully inflicted suffering. And he tells us several things about it. One, we're not to seek revenge or even to even the score. We're not to endure this persecution silently or stoically like the Greek philosophers would advise, but we're to bless. When I hear the word to bless my enemies, I must tell you, my carnal man, my basic being, doesn't like that. When someone insults me or hurts me, I want to humiliate them. I want it to be public. I want to crush them. I want to find that perfect word, that perfect sentence that would just... <laughs> and yet, I know that's wrong. Because Christ says we must behave as he behaves. And so I turn to the Lord and I say, Lord, forgive me. You know that I'm a sinner. You know how weak I am. Forgive me and give me the strength and the ability to follow what you tell me to do. By the standards of this world, to bless those who hurt us is pure lunacy. In the world, the philosophy that we have, and I've heard many a parent talk about it, is be kind and gentle for as long as possible. But finally draw the line in the sand. Be a man. Don't let him push you around. Give as good as you get. Don't start anything, but be ready to finish anything that anyone else might start. Give back as good as you get, only a bit more. But you know what does Christ say? I'm sorry, this is not a sermon that's much fun for you or for me. What does Christ say? In the Gospel of St. Luke, the Sermon on the Plain, the Lord says, Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. To him who strikes you on the one cheek, offer the other also. As you wish men would do to you, so do to them. Love your enemies and do good. Lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the selfish. Be merciful even as your Father in Heaven is merciful. This is what I mean when I say Christianity is a hard faith. Who can follow this? And yet this is our summons, beloved. This is what we're called to do. This is what we're called to be like. The problem is this, you see. St. John Chrysostom says we are called to be sheep. He says, now, when the wolf attacks the sheep, the sheep doesn't have much protection other than the shepherd. It can't run, it can't bite. It's a pretty stupid animal. 
It depends on the shepherd. The only thing that protects it is the shepherd and that, that fleece. The wolf finds it hard to get the teeth through that fleece. We, however, are rational sheep. And we can fight back. We can protect ourselves. We can destroy our enemies if we put our hearts to it. But St. John says the problem is this, that if we do that, we're no longer sheep. We've become wolves ourselves. And so that's the danger, you see. If we retaliate, if we treat others the way, the way they treat us, then we're no longer followers of Christ. We use the weapons of the world only at the danger of becoming like the world. Our church is a glorious church. The Orthodox Church is a church of martyrs. And as we look back through the history of the church, whether it's the early church with the apostles, some of whom we're commemorating today, or if it's the church of the persecutions of the communists, or the church that endured the, the persecution of the Muslims, or the attacks of, of the crusaders, or whomever, our people have endured. They've endured. And what made the torment they endured bearable was the fact that they refused to become pitiable, bitter victims. But instead they accepted what came their way and through the power of the Lord it was able to be transformed into something very powerful and something very beautiful. St. James reminds us, he says, Blessed is the man who endures trial, for when he has stood the test, he'll receive the crown of life which God promises to those who love him. Beloved, the pain and the suffering that we endure for the short time of our lives here cannot compare to the glory and the peace and the joy that we'll have in the kingdom of God. And so we're summoned, we're summoned by Christ who says, be like me. St. Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. There's a beautiful story told well, it's an ugly story, but there's a beautiful side to it. When those 23 Coptic Christians were killed in Libya. Remember that disgusting, horrible video that was made and sent out to the world? We were horrified, but then even greater horrors came after that. I remember reading an account of an interview with one woman in Egypt. Her brother had been amongst those who had been who had been martyred by these horrible terrorists. terrorists. And the, the reporter asked her, he said, and what would you do if you encountered one of these men who did this terrible thing? And she said, well, I would say, please come in, sit down. May I offer you refreshments? And then I'd tell him, thank you for making my brother a martyr. Now he sits at the right hand of God. My heavens, what a beautiful, beautiful statement. How that woman was able to turn that horrible, bitter, disgusting event 
into something holy and help transform herself. There was a terrible event in Roseburg, just south of us, four years ago, when some madman broke into the school with a gun and said, are you a Christian? And if the individual said, yes, I am, he shot them in the head. If they hesitated or he didn't believe their answer, he shot them in the legs. Aside from that, I really don't know of many outward persecutions in America against Christians. But I have to tell you that wherever men try to follow Christ, there always will be pressure. There will always be ridicule. There will always be gossip. There will always be mockery. That's a guarantee. St. Paul doesn't refer to persecution for the sake of the faith. It's much deeper. Perhaps the individual causing us misery is not even aware of our faith. Maybe he doesn't care. Maybe justice likes us. It could be the bully at school. It could be the gossip at work. It could be that irritating neighbor. It could be that impatient customer who stands before us screaming because he's upset at something that's not our fault. It could be the individual who parks his car in such a way that you find it hard to get in and out of your parking spot. Or the child who throws wrappers or cans on your lawn. Whatever it is, we're going to be persecuted. We're going to find trouble. Well, the thing is, we may not be persecuted for our faith, but our faith will always be tested and manifested in the manner in which we respond. The words of the Lord and the words of St. Paul in today's epistle are blessed, don't curse. Christianity is a hard faith because it means to accept values different from those of the world. You know, when we are baptized, we hear the epistle reading that we are buried with Christ in baptism in order to in order to be resurrected and walk in newness of life. So as Christians, we don't march by the tune of the world. We march by the tune established by God. One thing comes to mind when I read this epistle. It's sort of one of those questions that, I must say, convicts me. If we are to bless those who persecute us, deliberate, calculated, mean acts, then how dare we be bitter against anyone who offends us in minor ways, through ignorance, incompetence, or momentary weakness? How dare we be upset with family members, husbands, wives, children, parents? How can we be upset with one another? We're supposed to bless our enemies, and these aren't our enemies, these are the ones we love. So how much closer, how much more willing and urgent we must, it must be for us to forgive those close to us who offend us. 
this is the challenge we face as Christians. And I have a challenge for you today. Go back to Romans 12. Romans chapter 12 is one of those really powerful passages where St. Paul talks about, talks about the way we should live. You know, I've even, I've even copied this passage out and pinned it on the bathroom mirror so I'd see it every day for a week, hoping I could memorize it and learn it. It's been 45 years, and I'm still doing that on a yearly basis, trying to memorize and learn it. And I challenge you to do the same thing. Learn this passage, commit it to heart, commit it to memory, and find it a way to live by. Because that way we find the way of life. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.